something my mom told me when I was a kid. A car had his flashers on and we were driving by and I was like, why doesn't anybody help that person move the car out the road? And she said, baby, if you sit in a car with your flashers on, nobody's coming to help you. You got to get out and start pushing it. If you get out and start pushing it, then people will show up to help you along the way. And I took that to heart and I started working harder than I've ever worked before and started pushing that car and made some pretty dramatic changes in my life. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I'm your host, Yona Weiss. It is a pleasure to be here with my friend, Jerome Myers. How are you doing, Jerome? Amazing. How are you, Yona? I am doing wonderfully today. I mean, you're the type of guy who I say to myself, if I'm going to have a podcast, this is the guy I want to have as my guest. You know, if it's not the first guest, definitely in the first couple of weeks of launching it, because you just bring so much to the table in so many different ways. And we've known each other, you know, probably online right, for like a couple of years already. But I think something that stands out about you more than almost anyone is that it's just this subtlety. It's like, uh, I don't know, a, a good way of, of putting it, an analogy, but you, you have just this this subtlety that nobody, nobody would expect, you know, the, not that you know, they shouldn't expect, but you just come across as so simple sometimes. And so just like laid back and relaxed and you have so much knowledge, so much experience, so much to offer that if you want to get to know Jerome, just dig a little deeper, you'll find the wellsprings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, I want to be, I want to catch people off guard. You exactly. Know? <laughs> where I come from. You play country dumb and let people see where their heart is. Are they going to try to take advantage of you or are they going to be true and honest and transparent? Because I mean, that's what I value. I never want anybody to know what I own or how much I'm worth or any of that stuff. So that when we begin having conversations, you figure out what bucket you go in. And, you know, I was taught to treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO. Absolutely. And I've had mentors along the way that have really confirmed that. And been amazing people and I want to continue to embody that for sure. Beautiful. And, and that's really, you know, what you, you do embody that and, and you, you kind of resemble that. And just a little about Jerome, if you don't know who we're talking about, Jerome Myers, he is, okay, you can find him on LinkedIn, first of all, that's where we first connected, but he has a company called Myers Methods, okay? And so you do a lot of different things. We're, we're not going to talk about everything that you do. You know, he's, he's a life coach. You know, he's a, he's a podcaster. He has three podcasts, two of which I've been a guest on. Uh, the third one, I don't even know if it's relevant. So we're, we're going we're to save that. He's got a coaching program where he's really helping to bring people to the next level. He's a multifamily investor. He doesn't want to know how much he actually owns. He doesn't want you to know that. So you're going to have to guess. But his goal is to build a $1,000 portfolio and help over a hundred people, you know, along the way in finding their first deal. So he teaches and he's just a genuine guy. I remember one time I was looking at a deal and he's like, yeah, you want me to look at it? I just sent it over and just looked at all the details, did a quick underwriting, gave me back a bunch of feedback that I took to heart and, you know, just very grateful for that. So without further ado, I actually, what I want to do here, he's got a great podcast called Dreamcatchers. And what's the premise of, of that podcast, Dreamcatchers? 
We tell the stories of people who exited the matrix. And so whatever your matrix is, whatever your box is, we want to give you the tools and techniques that other people have used in order to get out of it. That's awesome. So I left the matrix. Yeah. I took the red pill apparently. Right. And you know, we're still and the truth of the matter is we're, we have matrix upon matrix upon matrix because every level that we enter into is a whole new matrix in a way, because we create certain comfortable environments for ourselves. And sometimes we have to break out of that to the next level into something beyond where we even imagine could exist. And that only comes through education. It comes through being uncomfortable, you know, not being complacent with, with where you're at in life. So I love that you tell the stories. And have you ever done a Dreamcatchers episode of you? Uh, early on, right? You got to be the guinea pig on your own thing. <laughs> but right. He's on and he, uh, he interviewed me. But that was really early. A lot has changed in my life since I did that one. So this is okay. good. So we might actually do a little bit of a, a rule shifting over here, a rule reversing and do a little dream catchers, uh, seeing what your latest matrixes have been that you've left. And I'd love to do that right here, right now. But before we do that, okay, you have another podcast that you just started recently called Multifamily Missteps, okay? And this is a great podcast because it's not just like another podcast about learning multifamily. There's so many out there and a lot of them are really great. But here what you do is you're focused on talking about the problems specifically and the challenges and actually the mistakes that people have made. And so you're interviewing people. And so that's really great. But what I want to ask you there, have you done a role reversal on that? Just the first episode, right? So I go in and I spill all the beans on the biggest mistakes that we've made so far. And that is just like humbling. And, you know, that's how we really open up our course when we start teaching people how to do this is, hey, we're speaking from experience. We're not speaking from this place where we're sitting on a pedestal and looking down on all of you. It's I don't want you to experience the same thing that I did. And I don't think there's any reason for anybody to repeat a mistake somebody else has. If you can glean that information and avoid that misstep, you absolutely should. So, and you're, you know, the, the forthcomingness that you're willing to share that and be so transparent about some of those mistakes and that, you know, bringing out with other people also is just incredible because we can all learn so much from that. And, you know, you don't think about success. You just see that successful person, but here you can have an opportunity to actually find out a little bit about all the mistakes and, and the challenges along the way, which happens to everyone. So it's very educational. It's very inspiring because you don't think, oh, this person did it because they had, you know, these privileges and they had this background and this, you know, we've all come to it on our own in a certain way and struggled along the way. So I'm grateful that you put that out there and gave that, um, for that opportunity for other people to share their stories also. So what's been your biggest matrix exit, <laughs> if you will, if you can say that in the past couple of years? Yeah, I mean... The past couple of years, I always go back to 2010, where I, I fell in a pretty deep hole and was trying to claw my way back out of it. Um, I was a new dad. I was in a job that I hated. I had more money than I knew what to do with. And it was like everything on the outside looked like it was amazing. But deep down inside, I felt empty and worthless and useless. And I had to get out of that. And that's when I stopped getting haircuts. It was, it's an external representation of a change in a journey that I embarked on. And I questioned and challenged everything foundationally. So I grew up as a Christian. 
My dad was always a head deacon in the church. I I didn't like singing, so I had to usher. And so, you know, I, I learned a whole lot about the Bible. Every Sunday it was Sunday school and Wednesdays was Bible study. And I just learned a ton. And it was in a place where I was asking for help and support and I never heard the voice. I never got the guidance. I, I didn't see a way out. And I was asking some really tough questions at that point. The thing that really jumped out for me is, hey, man, nobody's coming to save you. You've got to do everything within your power to take control and own the situation that you're in. If you're sitting in there waiting for something to happen so that your situation gets better, you're going to be there for a long time. And it made me think about something my mom told me when I was a kid. It's crazy how these like simple lessons can mm-hmm. just shift your whole world. A car was um, sitting in the turning lane and it had his flashers on. And we were driving by. And I was like, why doesn't anybody help that person move the car out the road? And she said, baby, if you sit in a car with your flashers on, nobody's coming to help you. You got to get out and start pushing it. And if you get out and start pushing it, then people will show up to help you along the way. And I took that to heart and I, I started working harder than I ever worked before and started pushing that car and made some pretty dramatic changes in my life. And you have, and anyone is to learn, you know, a little bit more about the story behind this, because we're not going to have time to go into all of it now. But I first heard Jerome's story on Michael Blanc's podcast, right, which was pretty revealing and told about how you got into leaving your corporate America job. And, and that didn't get into, obviously, the details that you're sharing now about, you know, the personal development side of things as much. But it did talk about that step of just being frustrated with the situation you're in and making a better life, you know, for yourself in your community. So I urge people to, to find, and you've been interviewing a bunch of other podcasts, but that's the one that I heard that I first was intrigued by. But now you've developed this coaching program. You have challenges that come along with that, right? Because you can't be a real coach, in my opinion, unless you've gone through things and you've experienced them. It's not like, you know, I think I put up a post on, I don't remember, LinkedIn, whatever, but I put like the, uh, you know, today's version of success, right? And it was like this, today's version of success, Google how to become successful, okay? Then study all about how to become successful, then teach other people how to become successful, right? Start a course, how you can become a coach to teach other people how to get successful, and you're a success. So, that's kind of, you know, tongue in cheek of what that's about, but that's not what you're about. Obviously you're about trying to bring out real qualities, both spiritual and emotional, solid people. So what's the challenges that you have in in doing that and relating to other people? Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is meeting people who don't believe that their dreams are supposed to be real. Right. That's my thesis on life. Your dreams should be real. And when I encounter people who have been so beat up by the world, by life. And they accept that whatever it was that they hung up on the wall when they were a kid that they wanted to be or wanted to have, that they don't deserve it or they can't have it. It breaks my heart. And not only that, but when you have that messed up belief system, you don't put the work in in order to manifest the actual result that you desire. And so breaking that belief system down and getting rid of all the lies and then coming back to whatever the truth is, and then getting people to use that new truth as a basis, you know, their launch pad into that mm-hmm. new life that they desire is what I enjoy more than anything else in the world. You mentioned the Michael Blank podcast and I'll speed through the story, right? I built a $20 million business for a division of a Fortune 500 company. And 
my reward for that was laying people off two years in a row. After I did it the first time, I said I was never going to do it again. The second time, I became a corporate America dropout. And, you know, that was one of the hardest decisions in the world, right? And mainly because you get addicted to the paycheck. Yeah. You're getting a lot of money, right? And you know that it's going to show up. But me telling people that they didn't have a job and they had to figure out another way to feed their family made it very clear that that paycheck might not show up for me at some point. And so I needed to build my own so that somebody couldn't tell me, hey, you got to figure it out because I never wanted to hear those words. Right. So that's you know, kind of where you got into real estate investing because building the, the passive income, no, well, not passive, but building the income, it's a misnomer to think that real estate investing is actually passive unless you are literally just passively investing in someone else's but when you're an operator, when you own apartment buildings and you are running them as you do yourself, it's not passive, but the income is coming in regardless because people are, are paying their rent and you, know, you can expect that check as long as people are paying rent, obviously, which comes with, with its own challenges. Did you have any of those challenges you know, during the, this recent pandemic that you know, people, a lot of people got laid off and in terms of rent collections? Yeah, I mean, there's some operators who've been extremely fortunate. For us, we've lost about 10 or 15% of our revenue. And, you know, that's just kind of fact of matter. Will we get all of it back? Probably not. Will we get some? Probably half. We expect to get half of it back as people make their transitions. We're working out payment plans with folks. And, um, you know, for the people who are moving in new and the people who are renewing leases, we're able to increase rents as we would have normally. And so it's been a kind of a mixed bag. And you never actually know who's going to be impacted. And that kind of goes back to the whole job security conversation, right? Like when you're counting on that place of employment to deliver that paycheck, you just, somebody can always walk in and say, hey, you don't get money from here anymore. There's an illusion there. So. And so you've created that on your own and, and you're trying to help other people to create that as well. So, you know, teaching them through a course, right? You, you've developed a course to, to help other people learn how to invest and do real estate deals, right? Yeah, so that is what it's really about. And I mean, we go ev- through everything from mindset all the way to a 90-day quick start plan to get you moving to multifamily. You know, one of the things that's troubled me the most about this whole education system associated with multifamily investing is there people who are trying to create generational wealth for their family, it's making a really heavy investment without having the experience necessary to be successful in it mm-hmm. and being left on the side of the road where the person has their money, they don't have a deal and they're not able to actually move forward. And so mm-hmm. what they thought was going to be a catalyst for wealth creation ends up being a catalyst for more debt. And that for me is a real wow. challenge. I mean, that happens with any type of, profession or any type of course that you're taking, you're always going to have a percentage of people that are not going to take the next steps to make it real. Is that what you're talking about? That they're, you know, there's kind of being trained, but not trained enough to actually go out and do it. I personally believe that the success rate for the people that take the high ticket courses is significantly lower than what somebody would get in say college or community college. Um, I've heard some people report and I don't know what it's actually based on, but, you know, less than 10 percent people who go through those courses actually are successful at completing the deal. And so syndication has been all the rage for the past 
seven, eight, 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. People are making huge money, two and three and four X on the money invested. And I think those days are over. But what is real is, you know, you can buy a building and, and create some income from outside of your day job. And telling people, hey, you bought a single family home for $300,000. Now you should go buy a $10 million building. I think it's reckless. I don't think most people have the capacity to do that, especially if they aren't entrepreneurs. And so I encourage people to do a smaller deal. And if you look at many of the most successful educators in the space, you will see that that's where they started. They did a 10, 20 unit, then they did a 50 and they stepped their way up. They didn't just go buy a hundred unit building. And when you're partnering with people, it's really important that you have a deep relationship. And I think people think by writing that big check that they're creating a relationship. But you know very well, just by the way that you move in the space, that relationships aren't built on people writing checks. You actually got to relate. And so, you know, we're trying to skip the step by trading money and it just, it doesn't work. Absolutely. And so you're creating more than anything, you're creating a community Mm -hmm. because that's ultimately what is going to bring those relationships about and kind of foster the environment to create those business relationships that can take it to the next step, which is taking action. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's a huge part of it. I, I think the action piece is, hey, getting the deal. And so, you know, I say this pretty regularly, but I'll say it, share it here. I think every investor has four things that they're working through. Okay. First is knowledge. Second is deal flow. Third is experience. And the last one is capital. And so the, Action taking piece is in getting the knowledge and then finding a deal. And then what you should be doing in the interim is working on your relationships for capital and experience. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, buying multifamilies like a fraternity or sorority, somebody's got to bring you in. Somebody with the experience of that property type and size, if you're putting down on it, needs to participate in the deal in order for you to actually get that money from the bank, which is usually the biggest partner. Yeah, absolutely. You have other people coming in who are supporting it, but you've got to build those relationships. And if you're like me, the son of a soldier and a stay-at-home mom, we didn't have wealthy people coming over for dinner. So (laughs) uh, you got to go out and cultivate those relationships in the different places. And there's conferences and all kinds of stuff going on that you can do that. So. And you created a conference, but, uh, you know, unfortunately it was canceled, right? Because of the whole pandemic. So we're going to do it, assuming that the governor of North Carolina cooperates, we're going to do it the end of July. So July 31 through August 2nd. And if not, we'll either go virtual or we'll slide it back a little bit more. I really don't want to do virtual. I want to get everybody in one place. I want to get people out of the place of distraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, that a lot of people are living in so that actually focus on what they're supposed to and can actually relate. Cause for me, sure. that's important. Sure. Absolutely. And that is some of the most important things And those, those really challenging, you know, time when you, when you have distractions, you, you can't really, you know, challenge yourself to deal with exactly what you're trying to put together, which is create an environment for people to get over their challenges, right. And, and break out of that matrix, so to speak. So what's the biggest matrix that you've broken out of recently? I think it's my, my belief that I can do bigger deals. Um, we're in the tail end of a 200 plus unit deal where we're going to do it with a joint venture instead of a syndication. And it's like, 
you go from doing 20 units and then you go do bigger and did bigger and we're working on a development deal that's 120 units and it's just like if you're patient and you're consistent and you continue to do the right things and maintain a solid reputation then people end up wanting to work with you yeah Uh, people that have more resources than you could probably ever imagine happening and so that's been the game and just getting around more people like you right who are true and honest and actually interested in the person and not what the person can do for them Mm-hmm. then from there, some really amazing things happen. So, you know, that's really been my cage is getting out of the cage. I kept saying, well, I can't raise money. How am I going to do the deals? I don't know a whole lot of people who are wealthy, blah, 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 blah. And the reality of the situation is I just needed to keep doing what I was doing. And it would eventually result in relationships that were authentic, where you could then go and be comfortable locking yourself in a deal with them for three, four, 10 years, however long you want to stay in the business. Right. So it goes back to what you were saying before, which is you got to just get out of that car with the blinkers on and and take the action and it will come your way. You know, when you start making the effort, you know, we call it like, uh, you know, when you make that effort from within, so that effort comes back to you, you know, from, from the outside. And, uh, the most successful people I know, they always watch a person before they start working with them. They just see who they are. They watch their mannerisms and then they form an opinion based on that. Mm -hmm. They don't paint with a big brush and say, Oh, well, this person looks this way externally. So that's what they are. That's who they are. They just watch them interact with others. And then you say, Oh, okay. And then they keep watching until, you know, they engage with them and have their own interaction. So it's a, it's very good advice. I think a lot of people should take that to heart. So Jerome, on our episode of Weiss Advice, so our podcast, we like to ask four questions at the end of every episode. But on Dreamcatchers, you like to ask three questions as well. At the, so we're going to start with that. Okay. So first question for you from the first Dreamcatcher question is, what are you most grateful for? Relationships. I used to be somebody who was more interested in the things and it didn't really matter who was around as long as the things were there. One was cars, other times it was sports. And in my old age, I've learned that the people make all the difference and the quality of the people that you're surrounded with changes the experience that you have in your life. And the lack of quality also does the same thing. And I've been able to continually elevate my circle And it's probably more of a cylinder than a circle, right? But Mm -hmm. getting connected to some of the most amazing people and many of those people have come through my relationship with you. Wow, thank you. (laughs) I'm glad, uh, I'm grateful to to be able to to have provided that and, and, you know, make those connections. So that's that's amazing. That's pretty uh, impressive. Um, Thank you. Now, the second question, I, I think, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but it's about what dream... Are you trying to make a reality? What dream are you trying to catch? What Something like that, right? Dream are you most focused on catching that? <laughs> okay. And so- for me, the dream is blowing the portfolio up. Uh, we set a, a deadline of 2028 in order to acquire a thousand doors. And I'd like to do that much, much sooner. And so aggressive on acquisition, aggressive on development and put the portfolio together. We believe multifamily is here to stay. And we're going to do everything we can to be great operators because that's our focus. We, we don't just want to buy to flip out of it. We want to buy 
the cash flow and operate the deals. We think that's the difference maker for us. And so really looking aggressively to buy things at a fair price. We're not even looking for great deals. We want a fair price where we can turn around and make money on the deal. Sounds fair. And that sounds like a dream that can be a reality because you put in the effort and you're making, you're taking the action steps. So it's a, it's a great example. And what is the biggest takeaway that you want the listeners to come out with from this, this discussion today? Your dreams should be real. There you have it. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> okay. So we're going to move into the final four, which is, you know, as you know, the four questions we ask all of our guests here on Weiss Advice. And the first one is, what's the worst job that you ever had? Man, my first job was my worst job. I worked for Sonic and I lasted about three days. Uh, the, the hedgehog? Huh? You worked for the hedgehog? No, the little drive-in restaurant. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a fast food job. <laughs> so... I quit the night that I had to clean out the trash can that had food in it, but there was no bag. That was the last night that I worked there. Yeah, it wasn't for you, which is interesting. A lot of the people that we've interviewed, it's usually their first job that they consider their worst job. And I think it's really telling because everyone has to start somewhere. And usually in that first job, whatever it is, you figure out pretty quickly what you don't like about it. And then move on to something that, you know, you won't put yourself back in that situation. So I think it's very telling that uh, a lot of people have a similar interaction, obviously in, in many, many plethora of different roles, but the same outcome. Yeah. What book have you read or listened to that has given you a paradigm shift? You know, Yona, it's probably not okay to answer the question this way, but I got to be true. So I wrote a book called Dreams Should Be Real. And when I was writing that, it made me reflect on the most pivotal moments in my life in a way that I hadn't before mm-hmm. and associate the meaning to them being on the other side of it. Because hindsight's twenty twenty, And there were so many shifts that happened during the time that I was writing that book that it's the one that uh, I want to use in this space because I think it will help some people go to that next space if they're looking for something to read. So you wrote that book and we'll put that in the show notes over there. Because that's something that <laughs> that everyone should check out. What's a skill or talent that you would like to learn? <laughs> I want to be a mind reader. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, it's interesting because some people might think that's not a skill or talent when in fact it, it may very well be. So maybe be able to surprise yourself. Yeah. The fourth and final question, what does success mean to you? Significance. Right. If you're not positively impacting the lives of other people, you don't deserve your breath. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You're put on this world to be a positive impact and influence. And if you're not doing that, then you're taking up space and air that somebody else should have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. That's beautiful. Um, I appreciate you coming out here today. This is this has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we can had the chance and you know, I'm glad we could kind of shift the roles a little bit for this session. And I, I hope you you had a good time. I think a lot of our listeners are gonna gain a tremendous amount from this this discussion. I hope they will. And where can they find you? Where's the best place people can, can reach out to you? 
Yeah, if you're interested in real estate education, MyersMethods.com, M-Y-E-R-S-M-E-T-H-O-D-S.com. If you want to talk to me specifically, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Jerome Myers on LinkedIn, Greensboro, North Carolina. And Yona, I just want to say, man, I appreciate you creating wise advice, right? You're a dream catcher and you're showing everybody that their dreams can be true. And I remember when you brought it up that you were thinking about it and then you started doing it and you pushed it out. And I asked you a question, you said it's on the way, then the artwork showed up and then I, I was able to go on the journey with you. And so, you know, I, I really appreciate you creating this and I think it's going to be a tremendous impact on the world. Thank you. I appreciate that. I hope it will be. You know, that's our goal. So thank you for being a part of the journey and appreciate you coming down. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us. I really hope you got a lot out of this. And I'm sure you did, because if you didn't, I don't know what you're doing listening till the end here. So until next time, have an awesome time. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.